0: Therefore, it's a business expense. Yeah. We had corn tub. Now we have saffron, saffron tub. tub.
1: Oh,
2: saffron god. shower. Honestly, oh, god. So you'll, we'll just put some fans under me with like a ventilated uh, uh, uh-huh. floor, and it'll be like the money grab thing. Okay, you know, with, but with saffron, saffron? Jesus Christ. It's gonna be a lot of saffron. That's be so, oh my it's god. Fine. Six grand. I mean, Six I guess grand. the good we'll news. Do
1: saffron shower. I guess the good news for me is I don't have to deal with uh, trying to set up electronics around a water element again.
0: True. And now we just have you just have to edit the noise of multiple large fans out.
2: (laughs) Figure that out while I can still talk to the the peeps. Maybe we'll make it not while the
1: not while you're in the saffron tube. Yeah,
2: Yeah.
0: Well, the plan was not to let him out at all the entire stream. Yeah. And I had to eat as much of the
2: saffron as I
0: could. I that think you eat it all. <laughs> yeah. would be difficult.
1: That would not be difficult. Saffron is just like the stamens of the crocus flower. Yeah, I know way too much about. But just if there's enough for
2: me to be having a shower of it, there's. Quite oh a bit. my
1: god! That like we're gonna can have to
2: you get OD on saffron. No.
1: Well, I'm certain you can uh,
2: uh,
0: You can blank
1: bodies. But we don't have at, at Mr. Beast money.
0: There is a lethal dosage of everything, including water. Yeah. But like water, you physically cannot consume enough to die for it. You would burst an organ before you drank enough water, most likely.
1: Well, you you can drink too much water cuz uh, I can fuck I can't remember the name of the condition where it's like you drink too much water and your cells oversaturate and basically your cell walls will just start bursting and it'll cause like tissue damage.
0: That's over an extended period of time though. Mm. I was talking about just like having one big go of too much water. That you no, pretty didn't much just...
1: happened to like some lady that was like at a radio show like Drink a bunch of water challenge, one of those like morning zoo, whatever the no, fuck.
0: No, that challenge was to hold your pee for a GameCube where oh, they were they were in was. the studio and they had to hold their pee for like an extended period of time. That's what killed Copernicus.
2: Nice. It would only take 12 to 20
1: grams to cause death of saffron. of saffron. How much? That is so much money. How much is how convert grams of saffron to dollars USD? How much? because One we accept that we have an international audience and the dollar American style is not the only currency Saffron not too much mm.
0: per gram It's about 15 dollars a gram yeah I'm saying 15 to 18.
1: Yeah and you need how many ounces 12
2: Between 12 and 20. so to be on the safe side if we want to kill me 20. yeah let's get 20 because' five just to be safe
1: yeah let's be safe because honestly though you are you're a man that can hold his substances. Generally. Yeah. Also, I'm I also up...
2: burn
0: through stuff pretty quick. So. Yeah, also, if you're many... willing to buy 100 grams at a time, you can get it for $3. A okay. Gram. So,
1: how oh, many? Okay. So, 100 grams is how many ounces, though? Because I'm really tired because I got up early to for work stuff and I can't convert from Imperial to metric.
0: Okay. One gram is 0.03 ounces. So,
1: 100 grams would be three ounces. Yeah. I could eat three ounces of saffron. Oh, yeah. But we need to eat 20, 25 to kill you. Oh, yeah. So do you think you can eat? Probably. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Let's find out. All right. This is so, the most It'd be about ik-
0: six hundred grams. Okay. A little under.
1: Six hundred grams, and it was how much for a hundred again?
0: Um, let me go back.
2: Uh-huh. Wait, no.
0: Uh it was three dollars per gram.
1: For saffron? Uh, Wait, why would it be six hundred grams? Yeah. What are we talking about here?
2: You're saying you're saying ounces, you mean?
0: Yes. Because uh, it's only I converted grams. it was six hundred out here. So <laughs> Persian Sapphire, 100 grams, is 375. Mm-hmm. That is the equivalent of... I gotta reopen that page now. <laughs> this is getting edited.
3: <laughs>
0: oh,
1: no, you should Oh, it. what? No, us being bad at math is getting edited out of the show?
0: I don't know if anyone wants to listen to that for five minutes. Now.
1: I mean, you know that's fair. I I trust I trust your editing skills. I I think people cut this down to a funny ha I
0: don't think anyone's gonna overestimate our intelligence <laughs> here if I cut out some of this conversation.
1: <laughs> I know, but now I'm like I'm invested. I need so the answer. <laughs> one
0: ounce is twenty eight grams.
1: One ounce is twenty eight grams. Okay. So
0: ten ounces is two hundred and eighty grams. So it's about. I'm rounding up, but okay. it's about $375 for, um, let me see, so that was 100 Wait, grams? You need
2: less than an ounce. Oh, yeah, that's true. I just did it, because 20 grams is 0. 0.7 ounces. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so if you ate that, you wouldn't make it through that box of saffron.
1: Yeah, Yeah. if you just try to eat the whole box. I would make it through. No, he'd finish it, and then that would be... I would just die shortly after. Yeah.
0: Well, we don't know how long it takes to kill you. It could be long and excruciating, or it could be really quick. You yeah. could be, like, taking your third spoonful and just, like, fall over.
1: Yeah, I know usually when you're cooking with saffron, it's done by, like, the threads, So you usually only use, like, three to five. And you, like, steep it in uh, water how or whatever does sauce. It does it have a really strong saffron,
0: flavor then, I'm guessing? Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. I'm glad. This is talking about reducing menstrual symptoms.
1: Amazing. It can do that, apparently.
0: Uh, the study that he was looking at said it was mostly placebo
1: mm-hmm. I don't know like I've seen like menstruation cramp tea that has saffron in it and I'm like eh, I mean if it works for you cool I don't give a fuck oh my god <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, so symptoms of saffron poisoning include cramping, oh no. Cramping, bloody vomiting, diarrhea, increased blood pressure, respiratory failure, shock, multi organ damage. Oh my god. Bone marrow suppression.
1: Oh my god. Just turned your blood off? What? (laughs) Oh my god. That's horrifying.
2: All right, so I got to eat like like four or five pounds of this so that I die as quickly that as I can. That
1: makes way more sense. Yeah,
2: so I just die as fast as possible from it.
1: Yeah, you're like, I want to die before it turns my blood off. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's All right, So, So um, Patreon subscribers, <laughs> uh, $2 billion, and I'll eat a pound of saffron.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, that's that's how that's our next Name step. We that. set up a two billion dollar Patreon tier <laughs> just wait and see who the fuck does it.
0: Welcome to twenty twenty four. And hi, and welcome to Blank Bodies, a vampire the Masquerade V five, tabletop horror role playing and some other stuff too. Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter, and as always I'm joined by
2: John. Did you guys know a medical overdose of saffron is five grams, and symptoms range from vertigo, jaundice, vomiting, nosebleeds, bloody evacuations, as well as death?
1: This is Sarah, and apparently we're now a saffron podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's highly toxic.
0: This all started because John was like, I got some Christmas money, and I kind of want to buy some saffron just to taste it. No, he wanted to buy
1: arrowheads, and then it...
0: I was abbreviating the okay. twenty minute conversation. I was gonna earlier. say to be
1: fair to John, he did not start on Saffron. It started with arrowheads, became Saffron.
2: Yeah. Uh who knows what kind of journey it was to get there, but
3: uh,
1: the, speaking of journey, uh we're talking about backgrounds today.
0: Backgrounds. Yeah,
1: so a little bit of a get back to somewhat gaming basics. Uh for those of you who keep up on the blank bodies lore and scripting stuff, episode thirty-seven, we did talk about advantages and flaws but that was more of like a mechanics episode. So now we're talking about some of the backgrounds as uh, story elements and things you can do to like basically make really easy like plot hooks and the game will write itself. Huzzah. Yeah, because a lot of people are just like, I would like to storytell, but I am feared, And I was like, fear not. Your players will
2: we'll storytell
1: for you. Yeah, because we're all dramatic bitches and kind of stupid. So <laughs> we're like, Yay. hey, friend, please hurt me. Here's a list of things. Yeah, well,
2: it's the mark of a good storyteller is being able to put your players in situations where you can just sit there, mm-hmm. and then every like twenty minutes be like, okay, this happens. Yeah, <laughs> or have to play an NPC, obviously.
1: Yeah, and yeah, you know, helps people feel invested in the dots they've put into their characters on things and little things that you should note down as storyteller for like quick plot cheat sheets. Which would people want me to make a storyteller like? cheat sheet like template let us know because i have some ideas that i could put together for that so that's where we are with this. Content warning is just the regular World of Darkness stuff. Slash, we might be talking about relationships that are uncomfortable, harmful, or dangerous because you know sometimes dynamics are toxic as fuck. And vampires
2: are pretty much always toxic <laughs> as fuck.
1: Yeah, because you know when you're talking about uh, basically this will be NPCs that are like actually individuals for this first part. Next episode is NPCs as like social circles. Cool. I'm in. Yeah, you in? All right, let's go. Uh, so the first one we're gonna talk about is the ally. I'm gonna be frank, I don't like how the ally section is written (laughs) out in the core book. That is a me-personal thing. It just jumps around between, uh, talk about ally, talk about Aminoise. It's not well-formatted for me to receive the info very well. So if you read that and were fucking confused, you're not alone. It is okay.
2: Yeah, it is confusing.
1: Cool. So, uh, basics on the ally is this is a mortal... That is helpful and will often do things without that quid pro quo. So you can just be like, Hey homie, I need a thing and they're like, I got you, fam. So it's like a friend. Yeah. Friend uh could be uh, you know, uh neighbors, families, coworkers Tons of different options. I need to stop drumming on the table. I'm so sorry. But what is... The a, owner of the local archery range. Yes, that could be an option. Mm. Uh, basically, these are mortals that... Uh, they are people that have their own lives and needs, so you can't show up and just be like, hey, I need help. But if you ask for help like too often, or if the ask is like too big, they might be like, yeah, sure. I might need some help with X, Y, and Z. But overall, they're fairly uh, in your ballpark of trying to be helpful. Yay. So not problematic characters generally um these characters can be tied into wider organizations but they're not the institute themselves which i think is the big thing that separates allies from some of the other npc options so you might have somebody who is like a mortician at a funeral home or a journalist for a news outlet or a doctor at a hospital but your ally is not the hospital Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: you might have influence in the hospital and your ally is some doctor or a small group of doctors right uh which i will note um a lot of these uh NPC types in the background are listed as this can be as individual or a small group of people. Basically, the easiest way to keep this straight in my head is this needs to be a person or a few people that you can have like regular actual like text or phone call or in-person interactions with. So if this is an NPC that you're like having an abstract, I would have to email them to make a meeting or file some paperwork and they're lost in the bureaucracy of the organization. I don't think that should count as an ally. That's a different fucking background odd. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that clears things up a little bit. Yeah.
2: You have this person's contact info at the very least.
1: Yeah. You can get a hold of this person. You can call up Mark and be like, Hey Mark, I, I need some stuff. And Mark will be like, yes.
2: Right. I just filed for a permit. Can you go ahead and move me to the front of the line, Mark? Yeah. Thanks.
1: Hell yeah. Uh, notes on Mark from the book though. Uh, the book does recommend that the ally actually show up in the Chronicle at least once per story and that these characters don't know that you are a vampire or that vampires even exist. You might have an ally that's like, hey, man, I've been reading some wacky theories online. I think vampires are real. And you're just like, ha Mark, that's crazy.
2: You silly goose. You silly
1: goose. What
2: are you talking about,
0: bud? OK, Let's... so this is someone like. Who can help you out, but they're not going to be like, hey, we, we're going to raid this Samitsis. house. Yeah,
1: they're not inside on, Grab like... Grab a shotgun. Yeah, they're not behind the curtain on, like, the vampire business, so mm-hmm. you got to have to, like, maintain some sort of masquerade. However you want to do that, go for it. This is where the fun creativity parts kick in. Um, and this is also a kind of an interesting way to ha- highlight aspects from the vampire's mortal previous life, because if you're more recently embraced, odds are the people you used to fuck with in your real life are still just kind of around... So this is a good way to build story and character without just directly saying, my character was this before Embrace, and isn't it sad? Mm. You can let the environment build the story up mm. and make it more textured. Like a Bethesda game. Yes. Oh, Todd Howard. <laughs> <laughs> you brilliant man.
0: Nothing hits harder for me than the Game Awards, where they just kept zooming in on him when mm-hmm. Starfield didn't get an award.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Whoops. Whoops. It's a perfectly balanced game. Why would it not get an award? This kind of mortal can be somebody from the mortal life that was like a family, ex-coworker, former classmate, friends, people from church, volunteer colleagues, bandmates, teammates, gym buddies... Have fun. That guy that
2: (laughs) you used to flirt with at the butcher's deli.
1: Yeah, it just has to be somebody that you can narratively justify having a more substantial like friendship or interaction with. So maybe not like a random deli guy, but if it was like the deli you went to regularly and it was like your homie that would like hook you up with like the good pastrami. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, he's he knows what's up.
0: Okay yeah someone (laughs) that you would consider a friend and not Mm -hmm. an acquaintance basically Mm. okay i think that's a good way to put it like yeah there's friends of sarah's i've met Mm -hmm. who i am on like if i see them in public i'd be like hey what's up
1: yeah just be like hi
0: but like if something was i needed help with something they i wouldn't call them up being like hey
1: hey i have a flat tire yeah yeah, I think ally, the good rule of thumb for allies is, is this somebody you could call if you had a flat tire? Okay. I like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good rule of thumb on them. Um, and if you want to build further onto the intrigue and stuff, this could also be a person that comes from your vampire's mask. So if they have a uh, persona that has a mortal front, obviously you have the mortal front because you're interacting with mortals, so therefore you're gonna have people that you fucking talk to and deal with and probably have some friends that you could call if you had a goddamn vampire flat tire.
2: <laughs> and
0: as
1: an S what est- is that? What
2: is a vampire flat tire?
1: Uh it's a ti- flat tire that happens at night. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or happens during the day and now they gotta fix it at night. Ugh. Um So yeah,
1: this could be, you know, a current coworker at a business that you are owning or you uh have a city council member because you're working influencing the government, somebody you know from the art gallery, some other club owners.
0: One thing I was going to say, too, is if you take the time to put allies... That tie directly into your mask as an ST, I would probably consider that like a stronger point towards your mask. You know, there are people yeah. who can back up your identity. You're not just
1: like an ID card. Yeah, yeah. you're not an ID card with like a half-assed Facebook account. <laughs> you hit, Look, your mask has friends that you can actually do real postings with. So it looks like you're nice. real in the data stream.
2: Or you're a Nosferatu and you have 13 different accounts that you manage. <laughs> and they're, all,
1: they're friends all friends with each, with each other. other. Some of them have dated each other. Oh, yeah. Some of them have broken up.
2: There's been some drama, a couple fallouts.
1: <sighs> like three of my accounts are in a polycule. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just imagine a Nosferatu playing like house with a bunch of fake Facebook accounts.
1: Yeah, it's just basically advanced see. Sims. Yeah.
2: yeah, I could absolutely see it.
1: Which would be kind of fantastic. I'm kind of here for it, though. Mm -hmm. I know it's a R2VTube streamer that just does Sims, and he's just reconstructing not only his haven, but other people's havens to fuck with them in the live streams. Yes. Oh, that'd be so good. Anyways, I apologize. Uh, but yeah, a uh, little note I would have to make things easier for everybody is when you get allies, you're supposed to put them on your relationship map because there are people that exist in the plot and they're supposed to show up in the game. When you do this, it is worth writing a little mortal template for them of just some basic stats. There's a quick cheat guide for a stat pool in the core book on page 185. If you just want to have like a basic block of they're good at these things, they're not good at these things. Here's a hobby or a thing they do in their life. Wham, bam. Pfft. There we go. Sweet. Yeah. Because once you understand like what these little characters are good and bad at and have some notes of like hobbies, things that kind of round them out a little bit, it'll make it a little bit easier to integrate all of the characters into each other's relationship maps or you know, find plot hooks or reasons for things to kind of like move the plot along.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, front loading the work a little bit kind of helps you in the long run because then you're digging through your notes and go, oh, yeah, I can just pull this ally out of the, the fucking plot bucket and go, oh, he's in trouble now. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Mark's in trouble now, guys.
2: Damn it. <laughs> Mark got a flat tire. <laughs> he's supposed to help me with my flat tire. In the park
1: mm. where the gangrel are. And I've pissed them off.
2: Yeah. What are you gonna go do? Are you gonna let him just change a tire in Gangrel territory right now?
1: I mean, you have a tire iron. You can really only play fetch once with the gangrel. Exactly. Girl, then
2: it's gone. Exactly. They don't bring it back. It's no, just they don't. Afterwards. It's like playing fetch with a cat. Sometimes yeah. they'll
1: bring it back. Usually not.
2: If they feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna let Mark change his own tire?
0: Yeah. I don't
2: know. Wow. Shitty ally. All right.
1: <laughs> oh, am I his? I okay. I see what I, you're I, saying. Yeah, you're supposed to be helping us protect Mark. Oh, okay. Uh. Though, if Mark was not an ally, he would be an enemy. This is the flaw version of the ally. Right. So these are mortals that will work against you for whatever reason.
0: Because I didn't help him change his tire. Yeah, now he's
1: pissed. It's like, Mm.
0: God damn it, I've
2: helped you change your tire so Many times.
0: Yeah, why do you time? think I need your help? I can't do it. That's why I can't help you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so enemies can come from, you know, character backstory. You yeah, the, the common example is like, your character was involved in organized crime. And this is a guy that you used to like, have beef with. Now you're a semi-immortal god figure. You still have beef with this guy from the block, though. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you
2: can't just off him. He has too many friends and family that knows he has beef with you
1: yeah because if you killed him and then the cops are going to come investigating and that breaks the masquerade Yep. (laughs) because you haven't put influence dots in police yet so you can't (laughs) fix that whoops anywho yeah so there's those options there could be you know you you have a mask you're pretending to be a human you're running a business and then there is colin robinson at the office that you just fucking will never shut the fuck up like, and you're just I like, want like him to die yeah but he doesn't like you but instead of like actively doing things to destroy your life he's just antagonistic so it's enough to be a problem but it's not enough that you can actually do anything about it mm-hmm. <laughs> those he are some advice like, my... with your desk yeah you those laser are mouse.
2: he puts like a little post-it note under it without telling anyone
1: my favorite npcs to antagonize like antagonists are not the ones that are like ah oh, this is a threat and i clearly know which way to handle it i just make them a nuisance. I'm like, yeah. You guys can decide to escalate this or not. It'll come back though. He will just keep coming back. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, like that
0: um, kids in the hall skit about that the kid mm-hmm. who just won't stop talking.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh god, <sighs> yes, that is correct. Uh, unlike the alley, though, the enemy will appear at the speed and frequency of plot. So if it's more plot relevant for the enemy to show up, guess what, motherfuckers? It's gonna be showing up all. He's gonna be showing up all the time. Uh, I would uh, make a note about uh, whatever the relationship and actions of the enemy are, it is something that doesn't uh, violate the lines and agreements for things on the table. Because that's something that I think sometimes people forget to talk about in lines of veils and consent conversations during session zero is like, how far can the enemies go? Because mm. this world of darkness, so you can go pretty hard in the paint on just the fuckery that. Mm. Uh, NPCs can interact with players and sometimes I'm like mm, you know what that's a little too far that's a little dark I didn't realize we were in a game of 8 millimeter I did not sign up for that this time yeah so you know just just keep that little note in mind just cuz you're like oh well I mean these people have all these superpowers and it's just a little guy you're like what I'm going to let them go crazy and I'm like eh just dominates
2: a hell of a power
1: <laughs> yeah we'll get to that later <laughs> <laughs> Uh, note for the STs, uh, if this is an enemy that seems something that is fun for the table to engage with, make a note and find a way for, uh, this to interact with other points of plot with the other PCs. So if you happen to get the golden nugget of making, like, a good little balance, like, antagonist, yeah, find reasons for that antagonist to show up and interact with the other players, like, allies and enemies and Mm. other characters so that, you know, yeah, Like, yeah, fucking what's his not at the the offices and assholes, whatever. And it's like, okay, we have to go have this, like, super secret vampire meeting at the club that somebody else owns. And it turns out that enemy frequents the club, and you're just sitting there like... I hope he doesn't see me. Please don't come see me. I'm I am handling serious well, fucking business. Hi, oh I my god. Seen hey. you since Friday. I know. I mean, like, thank God it was Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. the pain of that. Oh God. Yeah. So that's that's easy things. It's like you don't have to spend all this time being like, I have to work on all these like craftsman stories. It's like, nah, if you just write something. And people, like, go, oh, that's cool. You just go, okay, pick that guy up, and I'm going to stick him to other people and see what the fuck happens. Mm
0: -hmm. The secret to being a lazy ST is just actually using the things your players write about their characters. (laughs) I
1: know. People love writing, like, stories for their characters. I'm like, yeah, just use that shit. It's free real estate. Here we go. It's free real estate. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Not so free real estate. Retainers. Mm. Retainers do not have to be ghouls. Uh. The amount of people that are like, it has to be a goal. I'm like, no, no, it does not. This is where you can get some ick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, a retainer is a mortal of some sort that the vampire has power over to maintain their loyalty. So this could be through paycheck, extortion, romantic manipulation, blood bonds, dominator presence. The list goes on and on and on and on. It can be technically non-toxic, and it's just like, I'm your boss. I just need you to, like, do this, or, you know, you could be homeless. Because capitalism. I'm technically not the bad guy here. No. <laughs> yeah. Still not healthy, actually. No, it's not. Still not
0: healthy. <laughs> I feel like I don't see retainers get used a lot, especially when they're not a ghoul. But, like, mm. uh, when I was playing Ellis, my venture, who owned the country club, like, yeah. he had a retainer that was just his secretary. Oh,
1: she was great, like.
0: She was just like, you keep the schedule and the books and mm-hmm. like all that kind of stuff was like, that's her job. And that's why you're worth three dots.
1: Yeah. Basically, I went with the, the non-toxic paycheck route of she's just like, this guy's paying me how many bands to handle this problem and shut the fuck up. Okay, that's fine. So so I made damn sure she was good at her job. <laughs> Cause I was just like, you're paying her eight figures to do what?
0: Oh, okay. She basically mm-hmm. did all the daytime business, which is... Mm-hmm. Most of the business at a country uh, club, it uh, turns out. She's up. like,
1: oh, I get the fun of running a business, but I don't have any of the legal responsibilities or have to deal with the repercussions of I fuck up. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> I mean,
0: I was maybe scouting her to turn into a vampire someday. No, you someday, were. But...
1: Yeah, no, you're doing the proper venture vetting. I'm just like, all right, let's see if this bitch can sink or swim. So, yeah, if people want to get creative with their uh, what the retainer is outside of a ghoul I'm not saying a ghoul is a particularly healthy relationship but you know no it's not
2: it's uh in one of the games i'm playing right now mm-hmm. um, i'm playing a lasombra who's now has two ghouls you have two ghouls yeah oh my god one that he's had for a long time mm-hmm. and who's loyal and proven his worth very well the other one uh i'm i'm just now taking the time to learn and remember his name ah <gasps> Because I'm playing a Sombra and he had to prove that he was worth my time to learn his name.
1: Let's let's see if you survive the night. Until then you're spare blood. Yeah, pretty much. Oh no. <laughs> Except it was like a month. Woo! <laughs> He's
2: like, if you can do these jobs, then yeah, sure. And then he comes back with like some bonus info that we didn't expect and I was like, Oh, what was your name again? It's like Albert, and I'm like, All right, Albert, good job.
1: He said my name. Yeah. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so retainers, uh, these are characters that will do more for you than a contact or an ally, though this can be lost if there's a better deal that comes along or if the vampire's behavior to them becomes too toxic or dangerous. Mm. So will a retainer kill for you? Yes. Will a retainer put their life on the line for you? Yes. Caveat, if you don't fuck around too much. Or there isn't like a shifty NPC that will show up and be like, hey friend, I see you got a good situation there. What if I did a little bit better?
0: Mm. I would argue also, or if that was like literally their job, like if you're like, mm-hmm. all right, my retainer is bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's quite literally their job to, to guard, guard you. Body. They, that guy also mm-hmm. might not like. I'm not running to the fucking store. You go get some goddamn milk. Yeah. But like, I'll stand here. And I'll go with you and make sure you don't get shot. But I'm not going no. to the grocery store for you. Right. I'm not yeah. your gopher.
1: Like the yeah, and the bodyguard might be like, look here. I'm here to guard your body. But you and all of your friends have submachine guns, and you're going where? This is so above my pay grade. There might be a justification for that where it's like, bro, you're not paying me enough. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I retired from the military and I know. I don't do that anymore. I'm done with this. I, I said good day.
0: <laughs> you said I could only carry a pistol. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs>
1: <sighs> just the, I've played a lot of ghouls because I just think it's fun and just the weird residual stress I got from just saying these things. <laughs> just being like, you're doing what? And I can't tell you, no, fuck off. She's <laughs> like, you realize how crazy this Okay, it's fine. We're going to move on. Um, uh, A lot of retainers are characters that can become a source of solace or become like very entangled in the vampire's life because it's like almost a touchstone. Mm-hmm. Like they're usually too wrapped up in your bullshit to be actually considered a proper touchstone, but it's somebody that vampires will often be like, this is somebody I can trust because I've broken them mentally and emotionally. I can I can be a person with them. Yeah. Yeah, which can lead to lots of really cool... I mean, and by cool, by like interesting story beats and like moral quandaries and it makes this character a very valuable asset. And this will also be your Achilles heel, depending on how vicious the NPCs want to be around you because of this. Because mm-hmm. if you have like Reginald, your beloved ghoul, that knows all of your secrets to your havens and your accounts and all your dirty business and does all... He's basically your Guillermo. <laughs> if he's basically your Guillermo...
2: Don't let him out of the house.
1: You can't leave him alone because yeah. he knows all your shit. <laughs> like other people are gonna come around and be like, "Hey, Camo, I'll actually embrace you." You're like, just just give me the deets. Just give me the deeds. <laughs> I'll do man. it right now. Yeah, like I'm Nandor but hotter, <laughs> 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 which I know impossible, but. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a that's a thing you can just as story teller uh, needle people with it's just being like, ah, well, I see you've been neglecting your uh, retainer there. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What if they just like don't show up for some things and let's see how long it takes for the player to notice and then, oh no, their beloved retainer might be being held hostage by somebody else in the game.
2: He better be being held hostage. <laughs> if he didn't fucking show up when he's supposed to, he's going to wish he was held hostage.
1: <laughs> just have to go rescue him. It's like you were late like, picking up the dry cleaning. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's, like, it's like you just killed 12 people and he's like, yeah, no,
1: go get my suit. Because I have to clean this one now, too. (laughs) (sighs) Fantastic. Uh, It isn't uncommon for vampires to have several sets of uh, servants or helpers or however. And you can spread this out between your herd. Watchmen, which is a uh, perk from uh, Havens that you can get that involve security people allies, and multiple retainers. Nice. Yeah. So a retainer could be the head of security with the staff being various skilled mortals that go along with the Watchmen Dots, because I think the Watchmen Dots gives you one gifted immortal and like four like regular mortals for each dot as a unit of security, which building out those little security squads is really fun and silly. (laughs) I enjoy doing it, like making little stack cards for them. Yeah. Just be like, this is Steve. He got out of prison.
2: This is Dina. She got out of prison.
1: <laughs> Jacob here is just trying to make sure that he can make his alimony payments. <laughs> you know, you can do all sorts of fun things with that. Um, Bobby's there's... a student. Yeah.
2: <laughs> College loans, you know.
1: You know. Um, your herd actually could just be a bunch of interns and clerks for the company with the retainer being the head of the department. Tons of different ways you can kind of stack this stuff. Um, because I've seen a lot of people just being like, I have a herd and I'm like, okay, cool. What are they doing? And there's like not a lot of thought to that. I'm like, guys, if you really wanted to like do cash money shit, you can cheese the fuck out of some of these dots and get a lot of shit done real quick. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm just throwing out some seeds for folks and seeing if, you know, things, (laughs) things, things stick.
0: Well, it's a two-way street, too. Mm-hmm. I think when you quantify your herd like that, too, it makes them more of a target. So you're able to get more out of those dots, but it's mm-hmm. also something you're putting more at risk.
1: Right. And it's like, well, if you're... Okay, let's just say your herd is in turns out your company. If you over pull from your herd for feeding purposes, you're going to have less staff because they're going to have to call in sick because then you need to you know... Anemia. They've got the anemia and they need the OJ. Right. <laughs> and a cookie. <laughs> Which is fine, but you're just like, well, I guess my business project's gonna take longer because I keep pulling on my herd too much and keep having to pay for all these goddamn sick days.
0: (laughs) That's strange. We get free orange juice and granola bars every morning.
1: (laughs) It's like, you know, the coffee bar in this fucking uh, office over here has so much, like, protein bars. It slaps. It slaps. It's like, man, they paid for us to get, like, a fucking... uh, adoba platter <laughs> hell yeah there's <laughs> no memories of being fed on it's like man i didn't realize i was that hungry fuck <laughs> but yeah there's tons of logistical ways to handle just having just these tiny armies of helpers and servants and things if you really want to play up the vampire like i'm the lord of a manor but we don't really do manners much in particularly the u.s no various other places i also have i am the never... lord of an
2: apartment building
1: yeah i've also never dealt with like the kind of money where you can have like nannies and maids on the regular so i don't know how that lifestyle be i'm gonna be frank <laughs> but you know eh, have fun with it there's things i guess you can there's do.
2: still like old plantation houses like down <sighs> south that people could own those yeah, are huge and probably huge. need like people to help
1: like professional staff to maintain the quote-unquote historical site yeah I'm not saying burn it to the ground. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I would say if you're going to have retainer, regardless if it's a ghoul or not, definitely make them a stat block. Mm-hmm. When you put them on the map, just actually go through the process of making them a stat block at bare minimum. What skills and flaws this character has is going to really establish not only how the character can be utilized, but how the vampire can manipulate and control them. Cause you're just like, Oh, well, their weakness is heroin. Well, <laughs>
2: Luckily, I know a few people.
1: (laughs) Uh, Good news for you. I can't have heroin, but you can. (laughs) And I can afford it. So we have a very toxic relationship, my friend. Uh, Sorry. It's been a long day for me today. Fucking Christ. All right. You did what now? I did what? Today? Today?
2: That would be a long
1: day. That would be. I mean, you know, he's got so many holes. It's true. (laughs) We'll see if that joke makes the edit. (laughs) I mean, it's definitely not...
0: I've definitely cut worse. Yeah. And left in worse.
1: That's fair. That's fair. It's just... We had the holiday recently, so I'm still in the brain of like, "Mm." this is the time of year where people get upset when I say things like that. Regardless, uh, retainers can also lead to lots of plot hooks and open doors for plot things, expanding further backgrounds depending on the personality, lifestyle, jobs given by the vampire. So... If you're sending a retainer to go out and do jobs during the day, that's a place where you can farm contacts or influence or, you know, various other things. If you're just like, I don't know how to build out this character to have, like, more connections with things in the city. I'm just like, well, either you can send your skinny ass out and go do the wheelin' and dealin', or if you have a fairly reliable retainer that can be, like, your front man or your, like, handler or your agent or your manager, they can go do all that shit, and then you can just, like, scoop up all those tasty little dots Major <laughs> little, like, claws involved in various aspects of society. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So, things you can do with retainer other than just having them stand there like a weird Alfred, just waiting.
2: Currently, one of my ghouls has a, uh, his job is to listen to this podcast. Oh, God. Okay. He's Why? Just, is the pod, it's a weird conspiracy podcast, mm-hmm. but every once in a while it hits some stuff that's just like... A little too on point? That's kind of close. Yeah, so it's mm. now part of his job while he's out doing errands or whatever is to keep up with the podcast.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Does he go to the podcast, like, Reddit board to keep up on the messages, too, just to make sure people aren't sharing, like, actual things? Probably. Probably should be doing that. Yeah, probably. I'll have to ask him. Also, storytellers, uh, check in that any of the dynamics that you have with these characters foreseeably don't violate the standards of your table because retainers is definitely an npc interaction that can go uh very sideways very quickly Mm -hmm. as i said with the haha light joke of uh abusing somebody's addiction problems like a few moments ago that's the tip of the iceberg of how bad this can go guys like
0: if i i was in john's game i would have Mm -hmm. to have a conversation because i can't think of anything worse than forcing someone to be a redditor (laughs) (laughs) no that he seems just, pretty he gross could to just,
2: me. Uh, he could just sit there, creep, what are that, they called?
0: That's one step away from ha- like ghouling someone to be a Discord mod. It's just going to uh, get worse. It's pretty yeah. Bad. It's uh,
1: pretty bad. Yeah, if you start ghouling the gooners, awful.
2: I won't, nothing will get done.
1: <laughs> nothing would get done. That's not, that's not useful. Well, if you're trying to farm a residence, it is. But that's oh, a whole no. other <laughs> episode that we've already covered. What? Also, for fun facts, if you're a masochist like me, there is room for retainers to actually be player characters. And if that's something that people want to play out at the table, I think it's very fascinating. I think it leads to some very fun stories. There are inherently power dynamics that are unequal. So make sure everybody understands what the comfort levels are and what your tap out signals are if it gets a little too weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: make sure those players at least have a good rapport. You don't want to have people who've never played a game together do that, probably. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe have them discuss the relationship in advance. Are they doing like a Holmes and Watson, yeah. Batman and Robin thing? Or are they doing like a no? You listen to me.
1: Yeah. Are they doing the and you the... don't make eye contact? <laughs> yeah, and also make sure you're not playing this interaction in a way that's going to be uncomfy for the other people, because well. Some people will enjoy the Nicolas Cage classic that is Renfield. Other people might find the sexual tension in that relationship kind of icky and not want to fucking deal with that at a table, which mm-hmm. is completely valid. So, you know. Yeah,
2: I would say, honestly, multiple most of the time, mm-hmm. you need to worry about the other people more than you need to worry about you. Because you can usually, I mean, usually you can just tap out of that kind of situation. Or you don't yeah. know what you're going to get into if you're going to make a character that's a retainer. Yeah. But yeah, you also don't want to be like...
1: Accidentally doing I'm a weird kink retainer. play, exactly, yeah. yeah,
2: or quote unquote accidentally.
1: <laughs> oh God, that's the worst. Yeah. Oh, oh, the dark days of old worlds of darkness. Right. We're just like, no, I just we're just I'm just their sire. It's totally not like me role playing my emotions at the table that I have for this person. Not at all. And I'm like, I want to throw you both into the sun right now. And you're I don't playing care. Vampires,
2: so it's doubly bad, right? I,
1: I don't care that you guys have this dynamic, and I wouldn't care if you guys would do this. During a game, but if you were upfront about this and used your adult world to explain what kind of story you were telling, that would be cool. But the fact that you're tricking me into this makes me mad. Big
2: quotes around that word, tricking.
1: Well, I own, I'm the kind of idiot that I I will take a lot of people at face value for way longer than I really should. It's a fault I have. It's a problem.
0: Also, Mm -hmm. what you're saying is if you have enough self-awareness to realize that the two dot enemy you made is based on your stepdad, you Mm -hmm. should tell your ST that.
1: Maybe just being like, hey, you don't have to get into all of the dynamics of your two dot stepdad enemy. But no, like, like for real, hit me out. If you have a catharsis and playing out like beating the fuck out of that guy during a story, or like archetypes based on that kind of dynamic, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. But also, like, don't hide that from people if that's what you're doing, because that's like weird to be like, I didn't realize this game was a therapy session. Yeah, I did not, I did not agree to that.
0: Yeah, our official blank bodies stance is role playing is not therapy unless it's run by your paid therapist
1: yeah there are therapists that can use role play games very successfully and i'm not saying you can't have good emotional catharsis during games depending on like what kind of stories you tell but like
0: if that is your main goal with your friends probably not a great
1: probably idea. probably go talk to a therapist
0: yeah your friends likely aren't trained mm-hmm. and if they are you should be paying them to do that also you probably shouldn't be paying
2: them to do that because that's weird conflict of interest stuff yeah,
1: it, it gets messy, and we're not mental health professionals. We Yay! are just all mentally ill. Yay! <laughs> we just don't want you to destroy your friendships. I just keep
2: poking things you on the bottom of this table. Are so
1: tall. Uh, speaking of people who might be tall, your stalker. This is the enemy uh-huh. version, the flaw version of uh, a retainer is a stalker. So basically, uh, this is somebody whose loyalty has been twisted into something dangerous. Unwanted affections turned into obsession. Truth seekers following your tale and various other forms of undesirable interference from a mortal.
0: Yeah, they tend to hang out in uh, irradiated zones collecting <laughs> scrap. And...
1: <laughs> uh, I haven't played the game because I've wanted to read the novel first and I just keep not having time.
0: They're very different. yeah. Well, It's different enough that you can play the game and not really spoil the book.
1: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because it's been on my short list of like fiction novels that I've actually really wanted to read and I just keep not having time. Anyways, uh, I would recommend, uh, if you can have a stalker, also create a stat block for this character so you're able to figure out uh, what they're able to do, how they're actually able to interfere, and various ways they're able to like needle in with the vampire's business every day. This is the advanced version of the enemy I talked about before, where I was like, they don't like you, and they're kind of kind of fuck up your shit. Stalker, you can get into, like, the Glen Close territory of they're living in the walls of your haven and just, like, boiling animals in the stove and all sorts of crazy, just like, what the fuck? No.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wait, when did Glenn Close boil animals on the stove? Was
1: it Fatal Attraction?
0: I don't remember. I, actually, I haven't actually seen that movie. It was
1: It a was movie, movie in the 80s. She had, long, she had long hair and had a white dress, and I think it was her and Michael Douglas. I think.
2: I know I haven't. Fear? No. Who is in fear?
1: Uh you're thinking of Are you thinking of Cape Fear because that was a remake done no, with uh Robert De Niro which would be a good stalker. That is a good movie.
0: Just Fear.
2: Fear no. Guy breaks so. girl breaks up with the guy and like he's just like no, guy's dating girl. Uh dad doesn't like him he just beats the shit out of himself and starts like making everybody think that like you know everybody else is hurting him and he's being a weird stalker dude about. oh it.
1: yeah that would also be a really good stalker he's archetype standing but in
2: like the driveway just yeah. like punching himself in the chest that, that yeah thing.
1: that kind of shit yeah also uh because of uh how stalkers can be run very unfortunately close to real life problems this is also a do check-ins do lots of check-ins make mm-hmm. sure these things don't violate your table things as somebody who has dealt with stalkers in real life, holy shit, that shit sucks. Scary stuff. It's awful when you're just like, I'm just trying to chill in my house and they're just like banging on your doors and windows at like 3, 4 a.m. Because they keep sending you dick pics and you're not responding. And it's just like, ugh. It's like, I'm in a house with a machete. Come on in. I, no, do not come in. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I, outside the machete, I don't know what else I'm going to do at this point. <sighs> yeah. Same. It's a spooky time. I don't enjoy it. I, you know stalkers in a game. Yeah, that shit doesn't really bother me cuz I I it's fiction and it's separated enough for me that like it doesn't fuck with me, but it might fuck with other people. And that's completely valid. So, yeah, this is one of those ones where it's like, "Hi guys, sometimes the mortals are just as bad as the vampires." So, mm. yay. Hooray. Uh Mala's, and now we're getting into actual vampire NPCs. Hey, they're pretty cool. They can be, they can be. So, Amala is a vampire ally. This will be this can range from a fellow baby bad that you guys are just homies and you guys are going kind to of willing to work together and do stuff all the way up to a very powerful mentor or sponsor that will aid you in your schemes.
0: Huzzah. Fair. I haven't used this one in a while. Mm-hmm. And I had always thought it more as like a mentor figure than just like another vampire. But that yeah. makes sense.
1: Yeah. tech The ur- the origins of the word mala does trace back to Arabic and does kind of have relations to like some sort of mentor teachery kind of figure but the way it's used in game, it is uh, some a vampire that you have a close camaraderie with, and more times than not because vampires are assholes and they don't really do friendship. Traditionally, the the mentor, helper, sponsor role tends to be the most common way this shows up. Okay. But yeah, technically it can just be another vampire in the city that's like, hey, I've been around the block a few times and you know, I like your Moxie. Apparently this guy's from the twenties. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> They fucking made Al Capone canon. Jesus fucking Christ, oh, that's a
0: that's a whole other book.
1: That's a whole other book, and we'll deal with him later. You guys
0: haven't voted for that clan yet. So.
1: <laughs> We've already covered the Ventru. Oh,
0: was he a Ventru? Yes, I thought he's he was a Ventru.
1: A... No, he's a Ventru. Really? Yeah. I thought he was Hakata. No, he's a Ventru. It would make sense he was Hakata, but no, he is a Ventru. Ventru grabbed him yeah i'm just like ah yes maintaining the masquerade that's important thing what are we gonna do embrace one of the most infamous gangsters (laughs) on the planet people are still selling shirts with that motherfucker's face on it i'm just like god damn that was not a good choice my guys Uh, but what is a good choice is investing in a mala sometimes for your character, if it narratively makes sense. Mm -hmm. So the book mentions that the mala does not have to be an individual vampire. It can be a small group, uh, with like leaders in a chantry or an enclave of anarchs. You can kind of get creative with it.
0: Oh, that's cool. So if you did like five dots, you could be like, I have a chantry and here my five dot mala are the people in it.
1: Yeah, my five dot mala is like the, the regent and like the high, uh, like the top five people in the the local chantry or... Hmm. Uh, the leader and, like, his associates of this cult in the city that's very powerful. The list goes on and on. Somebody in the Warrens that's, like, a figurehead down there and they're homies. You, kind, it's kind of fun. It's kind of neat. Uh, the dot value of Amala, uh, basically is left a bit nebulous. So you guys can kind of agree at the table how much a dot of Amala, uh, equates to help there's like a little rough guide chart in the book where like a five dot mala is like a prince or an archon but there's uh i th- i have kind of used it as a combination of not only the vampire's influence but like how invested they are in like helping you out mm. so you could have your sponsor be the seneschal and i guess i i kind of would count that as like a five dot mala or four dot depending on how good of a seneschal they are but if you keep fucking up <laughs> The dot could go down over time mm-hmm. to kind of represent the, uh they're not as like, they're not as in India because you keep fucking around and eh.
0: you're causing more trouble than your wife.
1: Yeah. The ROI on this is not looking good.
0: Right. I know we were kind of fucking around a little bit mm-hmm. in our game, but I know I had like Prince Jackson of Chicago. Yeah. But also I had a, I had like two or three dots. I think it started to, we bumped up to three mm-hmm. throughout the game. Uh, I bought, points on that but that was more like he was like we get along Mm -hmm. cordially and like he recognized me as someone worth keeping around in the city yeah
1: well like the thing that i the reason i kept that lower for you guys is because ellis's thing was outside of chicago proper so it's like he is your prince but like your haven and all of your stuff and all your business dealings are outside of his domain so he can't like directly affect what you're doing sorry uh yeah So I was just like, okay, well, I think I'm going to have to bump that down because it's like, you can't be like, I'm friends with Jackson. It's like, bitch, you're not technically in Chicago. Like, the fuck's he going to do? I have
0: I had more say over my area than he did.
1: Yeah, but I kept it. But I was like, having this relationship be a, you guys are working together and you're not trying to usurp his power. You're just like, look, I have my thing over here. And it can work as an extension to build the prestige that you already have. And he's like, okay, I like where this is going. Because that means, you know, he's basically building out Chicago's, uh, like, domain and infrastructure. But, like, he's not having to run it. He's not having to drop all the investment in it. Like The risk's ha- not on him. Yeah, you're handling all that shit. Yeah. So yeah, you guys had like a pretty Sounds solid very deal. Very ventrue to me. It was shockingly yeah. the two ventrues were just like, ah yes, yeah, the business in me sees so the business in you. I put almost
0: all my dots into business mm-hmm. and being a tank. So <laughs> dude,
1: which dude tank venture though kind of fun. We're just like, look, I don't have to technically be good at fighting. I'm just gonna have to outlast you, and I have this bat <laughs> and a whole lot of free time. <laughs>
2: My ghoul is doing my taxes right now. Not Mm going to be done for another eight hours. Let's go.
0: So
1: let's go, my guy. I don't think I ever got
0: to use any of my combat dice because every combat was just like, all right, I'm picking up a tire iron By the time I got to the person, y'all had shot him like 20 times. Or hit him with an axe, yeah.
1: (laughs) I was trying to get to stuff where you could do that, but you're just like, they got it, man. It's fine.
0: (laughs) No, I don't mind. I think it's more intimidating than the guy with the suit's just slowly walking at them.
1: With a golf club? Yeah. Yeah, You (laughs) were unintentionally the most horrifying out of the coterie. Ah, Yeah. Continuing on with the Maula, uh, since this character is a fellow vampire, odds are, uh, they aren't interested in sticking their necks out for you, uh, as much as like a retainer would. So if you're just like, "Hey, we're gonna go engage in this combat," here's a submachine gun. Most vampires gonna be like, "Why do I give a fuck?" Right. This is your problem. Like, why do I gotta? Unless you can give
2: them a reason why it helps them out too. I mean.
1: Yeah. You're just like, but we're doing this, you know, for the movement. And they're like, oh, yeah, shit, we are doing this for the movement. Hold on. Yeah. And
2: even then. I think they're more likely to help you out in that kind of situation yeah. if it helps them out, too. True. True but yeah which like, is... i mean you can you can get a vampire that doesn't like you to mm-hmm. help you out with because we both hate price. that guy exactly but a vampire that likes you mm-hmm. is much more likely to be like look this diet dude really screwed me over he fucked over this business this business and this business will you come help me
0: burn his house
1: down? yeah like what's going to stop him from fucking with your shit exactly i was like oh, fuck you are right yeah, yeah.
0: Or they could always even just no, but it's like no, I'm not walking in there with a gun. But you know, I can cu- make a phone call or two and get mm-hmm. and, like distract him while you're going in or whatever.
1: Yeah, I can use my influence to make sure like the police don't show up. I mm-hmm. can do X Y Z surveillance. I can I know, turn off dude, the power. They can cut the power yeah, there's tons of ways for this to narratively get like jostled around but most vampires inherently are not going to be like yeah i'm gonna throw my my final death on the line for you guy Mm -hmm. like most are not gonna do that right unless you make it worth their while which is why i'm like depending on the interactions with the characters i i have as a storyteller allowed people to invest more in a maula beyond what their like influence ranking would be because they're more invested because if you have somebody who has god powers and is also invested in your survival, I'm like, that might be worth more than any of their abilities to, like, influence the city council, frankly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's some, like, plot-changing shit. So, that's my thoughts on it. Do what you're gonna do at your table. But <laughs> uh, where is I? Yeah, but, but considering that, if you push uh, Amala too hard on being like, hey, I need your help. Hey, I need your help. Hey, I need your help. Daddy, please, I need your help. It's gonna piss them off. And they're not gonna... Fuck I with don't you. like you anymore. They're just like I was here to help you, not do the work for you. I don't know why you think I'm a mortal character and that this is allowed. <laughs> You're crazy. Uh, so if you have small issues with them, these can be smoothed out over time. Um, you could like temporarily remove Maula dots to represent the, hey, you've done some fuckery. You've j- rustled their jimmies. We're gonna go from a three to a two for a few sessions until you guys kind of get this resolved. Since then- you
0: didn't go help change a tire.
1: Yeah, you left them stranded. They had to sleep in the trunk. They're pissed at you.
0: Their car got towed.
2: They had to figure out what tow, uh, tow company they were they had, literally in.
1: Yeah. <sighs> so they could get their ghoul to get the car towed out, but they had to wait till business hours, so they spent two nights at the trunk. <laughs> it was a they whole nightmare.
2: They are pissed. <laughs>
1: Because they had the flaw where they can't be in places unless they're invited. And they were only invited under the auspices of being in the car. And once they stepped out of the car, they were in a car lot. They weren't invited anymore. And they couldn't <laughs> leave. <laughs> Mythic flaws. <laughs> Yay! Uh, sometimes you can get really squirrely with the I have to be invited rules. Oh, yeah. Where it's just like... Well, it's not a public land, it's a private business, and if they didn't know I was in here, I guess I technically wasn't invited, but they towed me in in this vehicle. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Anyways. Um, if the plot pushes the Maula to sever ties, because you fucked up too much, some sort of political machinations and NPC that you've been having fights with, uh has fucked with the politics and done a great betrayal and blackmail, whatever. Uh, I would say it might be a good idea to have a quick OOC chat about where their narrative is going to go from there. Cause losing Amala is kind of narratively a big kick in the ass mm-hmm. because this is an NPC with superpowers and all of the time to fuck with you. Right. So uh, I would maybe ask the players like, are you interested in trying to do like a redemption arc to like fix the relationship is this character now a new adversary for you and it's a flaw? Uh does someone else uh, come and pick the mala's position up? Like the mala just like leaves exit stage right and then somebody else comes and it's like, Hey, so I see you've been fucking up. I'm gonna pick you up by your scruff. I'm your I'm your mala now. <laughs> uh is there any other political fallout from this? Because people are just like, Oh no, you upset Alex. We liked him and now he's leaving the city. Fuck you, my guy.
2: Right. So Dan, you really fucked up Alex if he has to leave the city.
1: Yeah. It's like you piece of shit. Now oh, you, you now you oh, have this is a cool guy. now you have other kinds of flaws. Like you technically didn't lose the Maula dots that you've invested, but the fallout of this is now you have flaws in other ways that were unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So eh, that's that's I I haven't played a game where that's happened yet, but I've seen times where I'm like, I might bring that up as a storyteller just to be like yeah, you've done some heinous shit, and your Mala's like, "Hey, man, I, I am a vampire. We are monsters, but that was crazy. That was no. gross. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tap. I'm gonna <laughs> deuces, my guy. So you know, things, to eh, Keep in mind. Uh, also, this character is a great way to build out the world overall, tie the coterie together, or to build tension in the story. So if you have Malas that are like, oh yeah. I am from some far off country or I've been to some other city and I can do lore drops about various information that the players need. It's super helpful, especially if you have games with lots of new players that don't know the lore of World of Darkness. That's, so, yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, that's All super right. helpful.
0: I say also, if you have a storyline where they the players fucking up, up enough where they have to leave town. Mm hmm. Those dots could also be them meeting new people in the city. Mm -hmm. Like someone's like, "Listen, you're new here. You don't know how things work. Uh, I'll get you up to speed." Like, yeah, they make a friend at the first Elysium or whatever. Mm -hmm. Even if they slowly get those points back,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like that could be a good way to. They're in a city and they're not just like, "Well, we're gonna hide in this tenement building."
1: Yeah, you could use uh, the coterie dots to buy a mala. Or if you want to be a really nice storyteller, uh, gift the players a Mamala and just be a sink or swim. Be like, mm-hmm. all right, guys, you're going to have this character for however long this first story arc is as like a backup like pool of resources you can bug. Either you can invest in the Maula and keep it or it will fuck off at the end of this story right. arc.
2: Yeah, you leave your old Maula's city and your mm. old Maula hits this person up. and is yeah. like, I'm invested. Yeah, Help him out.
1: Uh, they're just like they see you at the lazy room. They're just like, oh my god, oh my god, no, no. Is that guy? Oh, oh no, oh no. They're they're talking to that guy. Oh, they're gonna get so fucked. Oh, that's that's just not fair. That's not sporting. Hold on, <laughs> I need <laughs> to go take care of this. Yeah, it's like no, no, no. If you want to, if you want to shoot yourself in the foot, I'm not here to stop you. But like doing it uninformed is just completely fucked.
0: <laughs> I I like the idea of it being like forcible too. Like <laughs> someone come up being like, I'm sorry, but. In this city, our Toreador, um, take ourselves a little bit more seriously. I'm gonna, we're going to work on this.
1: Like, are you, are you wearing <sighs> synthetic fabrics? Ugh. Okay, strike one, two. <laughs> Just read these people to filth. Brutal, love it. <laughs> this is the reason why I don't play toriadors. Love it. I am a bitch. Ugh. But yeah, there's that uh, having a, some sort of like figurehead that can like. Russell, the crew together, just be the coterie uncle. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: It's like, Uncle, we need help. They're just like, God, fuck it, you kids. I need you to stop. I'm so tired, and not because I keep falling into torpor for long periods of time because I'm old as balls. (laughs) Because of you. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, look, if I don't keep going into torpor, I'm going to go east. (laughs) And you keep waking me up because you do stupid shit. (laughs) I'd really appreciate it if you Yeah. I know what's going on over there because I can hear the screams. I don't want to (laughs) go. Or, you know, you could build tension because it's like, you have this mall and everyone's like, yeah, this character's really swell. And then they start talking to other people in the sweaty and they're like, oh, this guy is not so swell. He is not swell. He's the opposite of swell. He's a fuck. He's everybody
2: else's BBEG. Oh,
1: no. What do we do? We're friends with the BBEG. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) And he likes us. What does that say about us? Oh, what am I doing? Yeah, or you know, there's another vampire that just doesn't like your maula and mm-hmm. now you are suffering because of it. And you're just like, "I just work for the guy. I he, I was assigned to him. Why am I catching flack?" And they're just like, "Well, you're smaller and it's easier." And They're just like, "Fuck, why?" It's
0: like when you have that one coworker you get along with and then you find out that everyone else at work thinks he's a dick. Mm-hmm. But you're like, "Oh, he's always he's cool to me. I don't yeah, know. He's been
1: chill. Mm-hmm. I bring him a Snickers every day." Every day? Yeah, so I don't get shot.
0: Damn. <laughs> Fun size. Ha- like I a Halloween. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't want them to get fat. It's like a, it's the equivalent of a snicker
0: scary. a week, but they're in smaller packages. Mm-hmm. Yes. I need to be more scary at work.
1: <laughs> For sure. Um, I would also recommend uh, Malo's get a basic stat block. There's NPC, there's tons of NPC stat blocks and sheets that you're like, I don't want to write a vampire character. I'm like, literally just rip the stats from another NPC and just give it a name. Done. Don't there's, worry about it. Turns
0: out there's a lot of old vampire books is with characters in there's them.
1: There's lots of new ones now mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> where there's too. NPCs where you'd be like, I see this says that the NPC is uh, Khalid. I'm going to erase Khalid's name. This is Cynthia now. Done. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. No one has to know I did that.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a couple books in for Old World that I think would translate pretty easily that mm-hmm. were literally just books of NPCs.
1: Yeah. And there's wikis where people have uploaded um, not only canon NPCs, NPCs they've made the fuck up.
0: Yeah, you can just look up other people's yeah. vam- characters vampire and be like, and you're in my city now.
1: Yeah, so we have
0: npcs you could use
1: we have freebie npcs that you can just run fucking nuts with and if you do please tell us because i want to know what they're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've made some
0: weird people <laughs> we've got some good benny stories
1: we've gotten yeah. some good Benny. uh we should have a dramatic reading of benny stories that would be a fun episode that would be super fun uh but yeah so that is the basics for uh the mala there's the adversary which is a vampire enemy this range is very similar to the Maula, where it can be all sorts of vampires from different stratas. i I'm will giving a fuck
2: all sorts of different fucks. Yeah,
1: I will give the note of, because this character has full access to the world, the same as any vampire, including your player characters, Uh, be aware that they have uh, effects on things that might not be obvious,
3: mm-hmm. as
1: like the mortal characters, because the mortal characters, you can kind of contact trace, like who they talk to, what their access is and things. A lot of vampires, you don't know who they know, who knows what, who they've paid off, how long they've been around, who they're fucking with. So if you start collecting vampiric adversaries, that's going to change your gameplay pretty quickly into hard mode. And depending on how devious the adversaries are, um, it can make the game seem like the storytellers being harsh on purpose, but like not in a fun way sometimes. Because it feels like that they might be cheesing things in ways to get around just to fuck with you. And it might be like narratively like completely legitimate. And it's mm-hmm. just stuff behind the screen you can't see. So that's kind of a just gauge your table and see how, how intense they want that kind of fuckery to be. Because some people just might want the Scooby-Doo like you dang kids kind of a game. Yeah. And then there's some people that want the Game of Thrones like 5D chess. Just like no, no, no. Red Wedding. End of every story arc. <laughs> and I'm just like okay fine if that's the game you want to play sick, Let's go. Let's go. But, yeah, fucking
2: these... found out adversaries mm-hmm. in our uh in well, oh. the first season of the game that the three of us are in, yeah, yeah, we fucked with a toriador elder mm-hmm. in the city,
1: yeah, I came as an n p c bono Hakim assassin, just being like, "I don't know any of you nor care. I'm just going to fuck your shit up,
2: yep, and it's pretty much because we fucked with that toriador. yeah. He hired a Banu Hakim
1: assassin and a Nosferatu. Yeah, that that was kind of fun because that storyteller was just like, hey, Sarah, so if you're going to play an assassin character and you have these abilities, what are you going to do? And I'm like, this, 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 and this. And he was just like, I did not expect you to go that hard. I'm like, you said you wanted them dead, right? (sighs) And he's like, yeah. And I was like, do you care about the masquerade? And he's like, not really. And I'm like, cool. Because if you said not at all, I could have gotten this done a lot quicker, but there would have been a lot of uh, collateral damage. Mm. And that seemed a little too dramatic for you
2: <laughs> Very good
1: Yeah So uh, that's definitely a check-in thing Just to be like eh, how, how how, tricksy do you want the NPCs to be? Because mm-hmm. I have had games with you guys Where I've had stuff running in the background That I didn't bring up Because I was like Well they didn't dig into it So they just don't know But I'm like uh, There's there some unfortunate things happening <laughs> In the
2: background <laughs> I don't think it's a game that we play if there's not unfortunate things happening
3: in the It's background. not a serogream
1: if you're like, hey, everything's, like, it's been tough, but, like, we're going through it. And I'm like, yeah, just just be careful what doors you open. Because if you start opening too many doors, people are going to notice you doing that. And then they're going to have thoughts on it. Yay! <gasps> Yay! <laughs> so, uh, this adversary is also another great character if you want to do, like, world building, tying the coder together and building tension. But there will be a lot more malice with it as opposed to a Maula. So, you know, you could have uh, the adversary that just likes to villain monologue, because we all love a good villain monologue. Mm-hmm. That's it's great just... to
2: interrupt. It's the best to interrupt those. Oh, I... But then when you're doing it with someone who has, like, god powers, yeah, it just makes them mad, and then they monologue longer.
1: The last game I story told where somebody interrupted my villain monologue, little did they know I had Dominate 5.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and sit down.
1: <laughs> I'm going
2: to continue.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I made him get on his knees and confess that he had feelings for a member of his coterie. Then I continued.
2: Oh, that's cute. Well, now they know.
1: It, it made every Yeah, I was like, you got to um, shoot your shot, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just made it extraordinarily awkward. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, OK, cool. Now that I've ruined your harmonious dynamics. <smack> bye. It's like, you're not going to kill us. Why would I? I've been bored. Hmm. And then they just leave. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh yeah, so Contacts. I'm going to round this out rather quickly. I think so. these are
0: the most common. I think I see people take Contacts more than any of the others.
1: Contacts is fan-fucking-tastic. I fucking love Contacts. Mm.
0: Yeah, I don't think... Make your eyes all crazy colors. Mm-hmm. Some people help some see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As an ST, I don't think I've ever seen a player take adversaries ever. Very rarely enemies, but Contacts all the time. Maybe one or two oh. Malas, you know. I, but... I
1: take adversary almost every time. <laughs> but i also like hurting myself the plot, so eh. but yeah contacts these are mortals that are helpful to you but have basically like a looser relationship uh they can provide intel supply services uh but they will expect something in kind because you know like they're not the friends you can call to change a flat tire like if you have to call them you have to you know be like hey man i'll pay for your gas i'll do da 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 like they'll do it but you're just like okay cool not only do I have to pay for my flat tire, I have to pay for their gas and take them out for lunch and, right. So, context—that's where that's where they sit on the spectrum of things. Uh, you can basically think of them also as more traditional NPCs like you would have in D and D, because most, yeah, most games I've played in other tabletop systems, when you have NPCs, it's like the shopkeeper, the barkeep.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, people that exist and fill out the world, but they are not emotionally invested in you whatsoever, and they give less of a fuck about what you're doing.
0: It's it's that, or it's like when you get into D&D enough where you have, like, quote-unquote followers, it's like, Mm -hmm. that's the guy who tends the horses.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) He doesn't know what goes on when you climb into that hole in the ground. He's feeding the horses. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I hope he bought a good novel. I'm going to be in this hole for a while. Uh, Ayo. Ayo. Uh contacts do also go on the relationship map uh but don't feel pressured to write out stats or lore for the contact unless this is just something you kind of like doing i Mm -hmm. i know there's tons of people that are just like i i have used obsidian note to like make these elaborate maps and webs of these worlds and cities that i've built and i'm like dude that's fantastic i'm too adhd for that shit
3: Mm -hmm.
1: fuck no for me no i can't do it but if you can't like that's awesome and i think that's wonderful uh, don't feel pressured as a storyteller to have to write out deep lore for contacts more times than not. It's not that important. And if it does become that important, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, this is also a great use for the I know a guy homebrew rule. I know that there's lots of other people for like D&D and Pathfinder and other game systems that use this homebrew rule. This is a great time for that and Vampire. So... For ETM, I've been experimenting with, I'll gift players a one or two dot contact at character creation that doesn't have a name, has no where it's from, it's just sitting on your sheet. So when you get into a pickle, you can just go, I know a guy, and we can just instantly fill it out for the situation. Oh, that's neat. Because I'm like, I can't account for whatever the fuck players are going to do, so you can spend all this time being like, yeah, I have contacts, like, in the police station or wherever the fuck else. And then you just don't fuck with the police at all. Mm-hmm or you end up being like oh shit i'm in this like dockyard. Oh, i know a guy who's one of the 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 harbor masters and you just like all right that's my that's my freebie contact now. Cool. So. I like it. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good way to build things out and give people reasons to engage with the world that you guys are collaboratively building. Yeah. Hooray. Uh similar to an alley. Uh where contacts can be involved in bigger organizations, but they have to have some sort of personal, person-to-person interaction. So if you write, like, contacts, police, your contact is not the police station or the entire city's police. It would be, like, a couple of officers. It's like a guy, you Or know. a detective of some sort, yeah. But if you just keep it vague of, like, police, and then you're like, oh, yeah, it's Detective Hermenez. Bill Gwuddy. Bill Gwuddy.
3: Bill, Bill Gwody-Hermenez. Gwody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no>. That name <laughs> was,
1: well, Gwody was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That was bleh. That Someone was. Someone
2: make that officer. We need that. Uh, we, we need that NPC. We stat. need that
1: NPC. Uh, yeah. These characters also can really shed light on various aspects of a vampire's character, which I think is the more fun thing with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people throughout your life will pick up associates from just all sorts of random places, like jobs, coffee shops, repair places, schools, circuit parties, protests. And this is a great way to highlight interests from your character without just flat out saying it. Your, Mm -hmm. Your character be like... Oh, yeah, I know this guy at this gaming shop and everybody just turns and goes, you "Why? Pay- you play Warhammer 40K? You're like 90. When the fuck did you get into Warhammer?" Well, I
0: can't uh... It's like well, I've been playing I was planning real wars before. It's very similar with troop movement.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, except I was just like it's I think just little like a armor's 200-year-old me. thing. I can't do it with men anymore,
2: so I have this. <laughs>
1: The court yells at me if I (laughs) gather a hundred mortals into a park and make them practice formations. Right. (laughs) Apparently we don't fight like that anymore. It's uncivil. (laughs) So at session zero, maybe suggest having some members of the Coterie know the same contact or having contacts that know other NPCs, tied members of the Coterie, to give them reasons to, like have pre-established connections Mm -hmm. even if you're just like yeah you guys individually might not have worked together but like you both know uh larry from the deli right and there's like oh shit you know okay and then it gives you guys more organic reasons to maybe like interact and like help build lore and plot together instead of just being like why are these four asshats talking to each other
2: you start building an adversary within your coterie because you realize that larry gives Mm -hmm. one of the other kindred the better salami cuts Mm -hmm. and gives them free pastrami when they come in that one the 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 first one doesn't Mm -hmm. they get a little bit jealous Mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Why does Larry give you
1: the free pastrami? It's like, you don't even need it. It's like, look, the pastrami's not for me. The pastrami want, is for my intern herd.
2: It's, <laughs> it's the principle of the thing, all right? No, that's fair. I leave good tips. He doesn't give me free pastrami. I'm killing him. You,
1: you can't kill Larry.
2: You're right. I can
1: Okay, we've got we've both gotten too invested into Larry now. <laughs> but yeah, see, having a uh, little like little nuggets of pre-established connections in the relationship map early is basically just going to make getting the game actually rolling and people being invested in shit way easier. Because I'm just like, oh, okay, they already have things. I don't have to sit here and like find some sort of convoluted reason of like, oh no, you guys are all being attacked by. The evil Venture guy, because Venture are bastards. I mean, mean. mean, yes, but. (laughs) So, as the game progresses, if the players aren't investing in gathering more contacts on their own, storytellers might want to consider gifting a one dot contact as a reward for good gameplay on occasion mm-hmm. they were just like uh, okay these guys should be building networks of people to like pull resources from they've not been doing that hey so you see how you uh like talked really, really like you had that really good little interaction with the the bartender there yeah they just like give you their phone number so now you have somebody at the bar you be like hey have you seen so-and-so right yeah boom sick sick Good way to start that. That's It's, it's uh, alternative ways to reward people for, like, doing cool gameplay things outside of just giving XP. You just be like, yeah, you're starting to build your uh, empire of uh, mortals that will eventually die. But, you know, right now it's fine. I mean, you can pick one or
2: two maybe that won't. <laughs> maybe. Yeah.
1: Friends forever. Friends forever. <laughs> I will say, if players get stuck in a situation, storytellers can have other background dots spit out a temporary contact. Hmm. Which I think is something that is kind of interesting or neat. So uh, let's say they have a bunch of herd dots, but the party, they're the party. the Coterie has been having issues with trying to like hack into some sort of software network. Mm -hmm. Someone in the herd could just spit out the contact of like, oh, yeah, no, I know an IT guy. Right. And then you guys are like, okay, cool. We have a contact for an IT guy. And uh, how many dots of value that contact could be should kind of correlate to how many dots are in the herd. So if you have three dot herd, I might be like, okay, it's a temporary two dot contact. It's mm-hmm. a one time use thing. But if the, the coterie goes, hey, having this IT guy was really helpful. I'm going to go ahead and invest XP in keeping that contact on my sheet. I'm like, oh, look at you. Good. Mm-hmm. Realizing that you have assets on your table.
0: Yeah. And now you have your own hickey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Nice.
1: Oh, my gosh. Fantastic. Um, I will say, if a player or the Coterie as a whole gets invested in any contact, offer to let them adopt basically their own Boblin the Goblin and turn this contact into an ally, retainer, or other source of uh, influence. Mm -hmm. That's always the funnest. Yay. So, Hooray. So uh, you might have a person that's like, oh, I have this person as a contact and somebody else in the coterie's gotten really invested in them. If they want to roleplay and spend the XP on it, it's like, yeah, one person has a contact and the other person has them as an ally. And then you have some like potentially funny or interesting table interactions where the one person's like, hey, that was my friend first. And it's like, friend, do you know what his birthday is? <laughs> do you know what his birthday is? Because I'm taking a blazer tag. Damn. I know, right? I
0: barely know when my birthday is. <laughs> look
2: after 800 of them you just kind of stop caring
1: yeah i know but the mortals care about it and they get really excited uh, also laser tag
0: a laser tag is
1: like look i have resources for what am i gonna do with all this money i know i could pay off of student loans but fuck that laser tag for now you didn't even know he had student loans did you could someone explain laser tag to me <laughs>
0: I know we're not a real country because no one has made a professional sport out of laser tag. I know. They need to get some real high quality
2: laser tag gear, man. Hell yeah. All the stuff you rent is kind of shit. Anyway.
1: I'm sorry. I'm just now imagining like a vampire front of like a laser tag business and I'm here for it. Oh yeah. So to wrap up pigeonhole dot the end of this. I am workshopping slash have kind of been working on trying to have a flaw version of contacts because the everything else we've covered has its positive version like allies and then its flaw version enemies Mm -hmm. and all of these create npcs there's nothing like that for contacts canonically so i came up with this thing called flaw haters (laughs) which i think is fun because i like monkey's paws so basically these are mortals that can cause you but there will be a complication uh this character uh you might not even know in character is a hater so you think it's a regular contact in character but you've bought it as a flaw Hmm. so Uh you're like oh yeah they can help me out and then you're just like it's been two weeks where the fuck is the thing right what the fuck why and they could do various things like slow progress upcharge you on services give you broken and faulty equipment uh sell you out to somebody else for a quick buck and blackball you to other, like, contacts, allies, other things like that within the mortal portions of the city.
2: Mm-hmm. Pretty much somebody that's not going to go out of their way to fuck you over. But if you're brought up in a conversation, they're going to be like, no, nah, fuck that guy. Yeah,
1: like, that guy's a dick. He He's th- walking around thinking he's better than everybody else, yeah. blah, 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 blah.
2: I like that. Yeah. Similar to a contact isn't going to like go out of their way to help you really. But
1: yeah, like the, yeah, the haters are not going to go out of their way to fuck with you. But if an NPC were to find out about this character, it would be very easy for them to come around and just be like, Hey man, if I pay you X amount of money, let me know the next time they're around. Or right. like, are they seeing you regularly? What's his schedule? Oh, he's having you work on their phones. Like what's his IP address? Mm-hmm. You know, tons of shit you can do with that. Like that are very nefarious. Nice thought it was kind of fun. So you can kind of work out with your storyteller uh, what your vampire did to upset this mortal for whatever reason. You could have dumped one of their siblings. Uh, you could be using your powers on them. And they haven't quite figured out you have vampire powers, but they've just been like, man, the vibes are like, that guy's a creep. I don't, mm-hmm. don't like it. Uh, cops came by after you did business with them last time and had a lot of questions. And now they're just like, this guy's sketchy as fuck. I don't, mm-mm. right? I don't like this. You know, tons of reasons why they're just like, I don't like this guy. This this, this gal, this person, this non-binary fool. You
2: fucked up their <laughs> election for neighborhood council. Mm-hmm. And they're like, man, fuck this guy.
1: It's like, I was really counting on him to come and clutch and get all those signatures. And just, and you're just like, man, I can't canvas during the day. I told you that. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, look, it's like, I understand you work during the day and you're busy and you can't do stuff, but people don't expect canvassing at night. Like, (laughs) no one's going to answer the door at 3 a.m. to sign a petition. That's crazy. Anywho, so I broke this down into uh, one and two dots for the flaw. So the first dot would be they don't like you, which is there will be some sort of complication um, and the complication can be something that like the intensity of it and what the deal will actually be will be something that you and the st work out whatever the need from the contact is mm-hmm. and the hater will count as a two dot contact so you're taking this as a flaw but the resources they can get is the equivalent of two dot contact mm-hmm. so this is a way of basically getting a contact for free but there's going to be plot problems with it instead of having to spend xp
0: i like the idea of giving i know you said mm-hmm. that i know a guy rule mm-hmm I like the idea of giving players these.
1: Giving players haters instead of contacts. Where it's
0: like, you can quickly solve a problem, but it'll likely cause a new problem. Or it's mm-hmm. guaranteed to T- cause a new problem. Some sort
1: of issue. And yeah, like especially if it's like the, the one dot hater where it's just going to be, uh, it's not going to be quick. It's going to cost you more. Right. It's going to seem fine, but then the equipment is going to like fuck up halfway through the mission. You know, some sort of. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but then there's the two dot version, which is they despise you. Not only is there a complication, an enemy, an adversary, a stalker, or some other similar group or character is given a plus one die to all pools rolled against you for a night. Uh, this hater counts as a three dot contact. Hmm, nice. All so right. somehow, some way, the either the vibes are so strong from this hater that it affects like the ethereal plot, or they've somehow contacted other people. Like word has gotten out.
3: Yeah.
1: About the things in the fuckery, and yeah, just. Somebody that also does not like you is also going to come and fuck your day up. Yeah, this is
0: the guy who sells you guns and then calls the person whose house you're going to raid being like, oh, by the way, they're on the way.
1: Yeah, and they're like, cool, tell me thanks. Now they just got, like, a plus one to defend their, like, place. Right. For the entire evening. Oof. And I said a night. I didn't say which night.
3: Oof. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, that was was my attempt at trying to create a, a flaw for contacts. That's a tough one. I spent like four hours trying to figure out a way to make this balanced in any kind of way. Because I I don't think really any of the other flaws give you an option of potentially having a gain but i kind of really like having flaws that are these like risk reward like it's gonna there's going to be a problem there's been it's like it's like yeah it's you're getting access to a a three dot contact which gives you access to resources fours level of supplies or work at the monkey's paw equivalent of not only will there be a complication somebody you don't like is also going to get like some sort of leg up on you on something so yeah. it's like is it worth using mm, up to you guys So yeah, that's the the narrative overview of uh, individual NPCs as backgrounds so far. So hopefully uh, this has helped clear some stuff up with how these are written in the books and help people be like, ah, I can connect dots on how to build characters and things.
0: Yeah, I think most games I've played in don't do it. Mm -hmm. But I think this is one of those situations where creating that character map at the beginning of a game is really worthwhile, Mm -hmm. especially if you have people investing in any of the above things Mm -hmm. that we talked about. Like, that's a really good way to start connecting, even if you as the ST make it while the players aren't looking. I think it's a good way to map everything out. Yeah. give reasons
1: For the the story to go other than the plot demands it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, like, your butcher might know um, your chauffeur, Mm -hmm. but you two don't necessarily know that they know each other. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they might start talking about the weird shit that we are doing behind our backs. Right. Yeah.
0: So even as an ST, it's worth just making notes about all these characters so you can start bending your plot around all your players' mistakes that they made building their character. I mean, Choices. (laughs)
1: Choices. Choices. And, you know, I yeah, because it's one of those I would much rather narratively get my ass handed to me due to like clever planning as opposed to I rolled bad on the dice. Yeah, because that's just like not fun. But if it's the villain, that's like, hey, so uh, I have been uh, watching your behaviors and you're kind of an idiot. And I found out from one of your herd. I don't know if you noticed a couple of them went missing. Uh oh Uh, womp 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 yada yada led me to your ghoul which led me to all this information about you and now i have all this extortion i need you to do me a favor i find that so much more like a ah fuck you got me god damn it Ah."
0: being able to give your players the paper trail instead of just like a hey i know you did this thing like why do you know this thing i have vampire powers someone told me
1: hmm. Who? I don't know. I guess you got to figure it out. And now there's actually like a trail of a rumor that the players could just actually investigate if they want and root out things and then decide, is this contact ally, whoever, worth keeping considering the thing that has happened? And it's like, do I need to crunch those dots and then like rebuild things? No, 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 no. Yeah. That, that's a whole campaign right there, guys. There you go. <laughs> I
0: mean, as much as people love the stereotypical Nosferatu information trader, mm-hmm. it does kind of suck to throw that at your players with no backing. Just like, mm-hmm. oh, they paid a guy. He was watching you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jared, the NPC you didn't know exist. He was standing in the corner the whole time.
1: Yeah. What could be even spookier is NP- or uh, Nosferatu information broker has figured out Larry from the deli. And he's been using Mask of a Thousand Faces to go and buy a sandwich every night for weeks to listen in on your conversations with Larry. And then takes that information and proceeds forward. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like, "Ah, fuck. (laughs) This is why it's important to have Auspex, guys. (laughs) The most broken discipline power in the entire game.
0: You don't need Auspex if you can punch hard enough.
1: That's not true (laughs) at all. That's not true at all. Listen,
0: I'll knock that Mask of a Thousand Faces right off your Ugly ass head.
1: If you could see me, crap. The fans can't see me doing the John Cena thing. I have to see you That's if the I thing, just though. They can always you. see
0: you. You just look different. They
1: don't know because Mask of a Thousand Faces. You just can't start grabbing random, very bland white people and punching sure them. Can. I guarantee you,
0: Yannick could punch a thousand faces, <laughs> <laughs> and one of them would be correct.
1: Yes, I'm fairly certain Yannick the Ravnos could just keep punching faces, and eventually one of them will be the truth. Yep. He's like, look, see, it's fine. I am a trickster.
2: Just ignore the rest of the exploded the, heads behind the me. The
1: 999 faces behind me were the buildup of the joke, and you're the punchline. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we's first episode for twenty twenty four
2: We're getting back in the swang of it. We're getting the swang. We also recorded late today. We did. I'm sorry. Which means it's going to be a funkier day. It's going to be a recording. A goofy time. I yeah. think it's scientifically proven that when yes. we record later in the day, it is more it's silly, dumb.
1: It's more dumb. Oh I
2: my mean, god. I mean, not maybe not dumb. Goofier.
1: It's that's a, a good word. It's a silly tone. I was
2: gonna say idiotic, but that's just as bad as dumb. So goofy. I like goofy. we're, we're, we're goofy. a little goofy. Oh no, wait, we're not goofy. We we're, have Canadian listeners, and I was told oh. what goofy means over there.
0: Mm. I'm not Canadian.
2: We're just silly goose.
0: I'm like Disney goofy, not Canadian goofy. <laughs>
2: that's fair. I like silly goose more anyway.
0: Yeah, we're just we're just little sleepyheads. Just I'm just yep. a little
1: guy. Anyway, I'm a little guy that listens to Paralyze. Uh, oh, yeah, hey, good, uh, actually. I like that transition. That's a good one. It's
0: a little too late. That's not bedtime music. That's wake me up music. That's
1: wake me up music. Well, I need to wake up to drive home, so I'll probably listen to Paralyzed, who is on Bandcamp. And they do her intro song, and they're good people, and you should give them listens and money.
2: That's true. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, If you want to look and listen to more things that we do We also have the social medias Uh, We
0: have an Instagram At Blank Bodies Pod And we have a TikTok at Blank Bodies Podcast We've kind of abandoned everything else I mean they're there but they're mostly just links To those other things Go follow them if you want So if
1: you find us on uh, those other social media platforms We've now been posting You can talk to us more directly on our Discord Where we have a cool community that does games And shares story things and projects and All sorts of stuff You want to
0: figure out exactly when we recorded this. um, Our community is currently having a uh, Chicago by Night discussion group, where they're talking about some of the NPCs and lore and stuff about Chicago. And like, I think they've been adding all their own Chicago NPCs together Mm -hmm. to make a list. So there's like an unofficial uh, Blank Bodies Discord, like Chicago NPC list for people to throw in their games they're working on. It sounds like
1: yeah,
2: you. Motherfuckers are beautiful. Look on our guys. Discord, you, you, y'all are great.
1: Organizing games. I, I was told that they're apparently they somebody organized a mage game. Like we've expanded beyond vampire now.
0: Yeah, there's mage going on. There's deadlands going on. There's been some werewolf. Um, I ran some Call of Cthulhu at one point. There's been all kinds of yeah. games.
1: Oh, uh, people streamed the Sudbury Devil for New Year's, which I thought was dope. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, supporting independent films. Woo. Uh, and if you want to support us while we're doing, uh, DIY independent, uh, gaming and research podcast nonsense, we do have a Patreon and the various tiers give you various access to things, including helping us vote on what the fuck we're doing with the show, uh, character illustration stuff, uh, Discord titles, Discord titles, at every level, yes, uh, show notes, and I'm trying to finish the master research document to share. It is currently, unfortunately for me, at fucking 14 pages of citations for the show. (sighs) it's taking me a minute guys i'm sorry it's getting there yeah
0: Yeah. and speaking of voting though uh when this episode goes live Mm. next week we because we took a week a month off for the holidays uh you the patrons are getting two episodes of our patron exclusive episodes of every month you get a free patron episode of the show that i write Mm-hmm. And uh, what you're doing too in January, um, and the f- they're gonna be about uh, the history of vampires needed to be invited into a place. Hell so yeah. I got some cool like folk tales and stuff. We're gonna read those, talk about them. It's gonna be a fun time.
1: Hell yeah, I'm here for story time, story time,
0: story Dude. time. Uh, uh, I'm yeah. That can be your uh, pre bedtime episode. You just like listen to a little bedtime story from us and go. fall asleep. Yeah, thinking of vampires.
1: Yes. Beautiful, best thing to fall asleep Yeah, the, there might be future plans of uh, the bonus episodes also being actual play series. Yeah, yeah, you know,
0: we have some ideas, yeah. some thoughts,
1: feelings, expressions, uh-huh.
0: emotions.
1: Ew, that's for gays and communists, Ew. which I am both of those things. So to say, I'm <laughs> kind of. You're yeah. welcome to hang out. All right, cool. Yeah, you're a sparkle street. It's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I, you're like, that's acceptable. I could dig it.
2: Can they be spooky sparkles? Yeah, they can be spooky sparkles. Right, they're they're shaped done.
1: like little ghosts. I'm in. Hell yeah. Get you Halloween sprinkles. Boom.
2: <laughs> we're waiting on me to kiss us out. Yes. Goodbye, everyone.
1: Oh my god, the timing.
0: I could go take
2: some <laughs> pills.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pill time. The I'm getting wild.
1: I thought you were legit.